You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. That's it. You're madder than a junkyard dog, and you're not going to take it anymore. Your feathers are ruffled, your dander's up, and you've got a definite bone to pick. Welcome to Pet Peeves, the show that lets you dig through the dirt and unleash your passion for pets. Why let sleeping dogs lie when you can take the bull by the horns and let the fur fly? So get your claws out and get ready to rattle some cages on Pet Peeves with your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Amy Shojai. Hey there, and welcome to Pet Peeves on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Amy Shojai. And in a previous show, we discussed the Dogs and Storks program with Jennifer Shryock. Today, we're covering the feline angle and perusing some kitty myths and easing your worries. And that leads me to my rant of the week. These days, many folks consider cats to be part of the family. We even go as far as to call them our babies. What happens when a human infant enters the picture? Suddenly, for the first time, cat lovers may consider Sheba to be an animal. Oh, and a potential danger. My, what big teeth you have, what sharp claws you have, and dear me, the human baby has none of these protections. Moms-in-law cast dire predictions about suffocation dangers, diseases, and unsanitary conditions. Some new parents play it safe and simply get rid of the cat. Others who adore Sheba wouldn't think of losing their beloved pet. Now who's right? Who's wrong? And what about the cat's feelings? When he starts baptizing the bassinet and the parents-in-law lobby for a solution, what's a cat lover to do? Well, my guest today is Marilyn Krieger, a certified cat behavior consultant with the International Association of Animal Behavior Consultants. She's the owner of The Cat Coach and has been counseling national and international clients on cat behavior issues since 1990. So curl up with your favorite feline and we'll be right back with Marilyn Krieger after these messages. Okay, time to call off the dogs. Pet Peeves will be back with more biting topics right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. Does your dog have problems walking with its back legs? If so, your dog is one of 58 million dogs that suffer with problems with its rear leg. Problems such as spinal myelopathy, arthritis, and hip dysplasia. Bottoms Up Leash helps your dog walk. It's a rear support harness that has won numerous awards, such as Dog Fancy's Editor's Choice Award, as Product of the Year, and it's been featured on CBS and Good Morning America. Visit the website www.seniorpetsupplies.com. Pick up something unique at a Bone to Pick Dog Boutique. A Bone to Pick has cool hip fashions for big and small dogs that will have their tails wagging in style. Cat products too. A-B-O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-K.com. Check out our eco-friendly pet products and gifts for humans too. A-B-O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-K.com. Get your pet's mouth watering monthly with our Gourmet Treat of the Month Club. And join a Bone to Pick's free birthday club for your puppy. A-B-O-N-E. Dash to dash P-I-C-K dot com. Pick up something special for your best friend at a bone to pick. A B O N E dash to dash P-I-C-K dot com. Get 10% off with coupon code PetLife. 
Pets are part of the family, and when traveling with your dog, there's only one magazine to include when packing your doggy's duffel bag, and that's Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Each bi-monthly issue includes hotel, city and state reviews, and doggy destinations to explore with your furry companion. Fido Friendly Magazine can be found at Borders, Barnes & Noble, PetSmart, Pet Boutiques, and Fido Friendly Hotels nationwide. Or you can go online to subscribe at www.fidofriendly.com. So get traveling with your pet today and leave no dog behind. And remember, Fido Friendly's the only magazine dedicated to the travel lifestyle of man's best friend and the one magazine your dog will thank you for. There's nothing like a shaggy dog, baby. They're shagatelic. And this is the place to find out how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Oh, yeah. So stop by our pad every week and get switched on, baby. Switched on to the show that's all about attitude. Oh, behave. With your groovy host, pet edutainer Arden Moore. Yeah, baby, yeah. Every week on demand on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're foaming at the mouth to get back to pet peeves. So here's Amy with some more tail-tying, fur-flying fun. Welcome back to Pet Peeves on Pet Life Radio. And please welcome Marilyn Krieger, a feline behavior expert able to answer all your burning questions about keeping the peace and your sanity. When Baby joins the family, welcome to the show, Marilyn. Hi. So glad to have you. And and just for for other people who are listening perhaps for the first time, I always like to start the show by asking our guests to tell us a little bit about what animals share your life, what dogs, what cats, what other critters might be running around in your household. Well, I have Bengals and Savannas, and I have a few of them, and uh, they are truly part of my life. They spend all their time with me and I with them when I unless I'm doing consultations. They're very, very important. Now these are these are cat breeds. For people that aren't familiar with Bengals and Savannas, tell us a little bit about what what makes these guys tick. Well Bengal cats have an ancestor that's an Asian leopard cat. They're domestic cats. They're very highly, highly intelligent. They're very, very active. Savannas are also hybrid cats, and they have an ancestor that is a serval. And again, they're domestic cats, and like the Bengal, they're extremely intelligent. They're not the cat for everybody because they do need to interact with their people. They're very smart. Okay, and I, and I'm, I imagine that uh, they're a little bit of a of a handful for people that maybe they're used to uh, the little tabby cat that showed up on their back porch. Yes, they're very very different. If you want a cat that just sits around all day on the living room sofa looks looking beautiful, a Bengal isn't for you. Okay. <laughs> These are beauty the in motion. Yes, they are. They hang from the chandeliers. <laughs> they <can. laughs> They're very active. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's, let's cut to the chase here. We're talking yeah. about babies and kitty cats. And mm-hmm. um, could you respond to that, that old saw, that one that 
every mother-in-law out there brings up, the cat's going to steal the baby's breath. Now, what's, what's the deal with this? And what about suffocation? I know, you know, my cat loves to curl up and sleep on my lap or, you know, even on my chest. And I can just imagine, you know, a 12-pound cat curling up on a little 7-pound baby. Well, cats don't suck the breath out of babies and they don't try to suffocate a baby. They like the warmth of the baby and maybe there's a little milk still on the, on the baby, but they're not going to harm the baby. That way, that's a, a myth. Okay, I know that. Uh, I, I love that you brought up the milk question mm-hmm. because you know cats, even with adults, my cat will come and sniff my breath to see, you know what what have you been eating? Where is mine? And <laughs> you know what's what's going on with you? And so maybe this is one place where that myth kind of grew from was the natural curious behavior of cats using their senses to try to figure out their world. Well, I think so. I think that uh, is probably part of it. And then when people saw that, and then cats have always had a, a mystery around them, then a lot of people jump to the wrong conclusion, especially if they're not cat-centric. Right. Right. Well, there is another issue, and I've heard pregnant mothers decry the fact that their physicians actually suggested getting rid of the cat. There, There is an issue there with toxoplasmosis, a really long word that is describing a, a condition that infants, while before they're born, can contract and have some devastating consequences. Uh, could you address that issue? Yeah. Uh, first of all, you can get toxoplasmosis from raw meat also, so you want to be careful on how you handle meat. But if you have somebody else cleaning the cat box, uh, you should be okay. There shouldn't be a problem. Okay, yes. And this is the deal that um, toxoplasmosis uh, is actually, it's, it's in the soil, it's in other, um, you know, raw meats or undercooked meats. Uh, most Americans apparently have been exposed to this and don't show any problems. Cats can pass it on in their feces, and it's the uh, the infant that that's unborn uh, infant that is susceptible. But there are, as Marilyn says, very very good options for preventing those problems. And in fact, on my website um, shajai.com, there is an article on the articles page with a lot of details there. But you can have a test run if you're pregnant. You can ask your your doctor, your physician, to run a blood test and find out if there's any danger whatsoever. If you've already been exposed, your baby's already fine before you know before you're pregnant. So that's also, that's a real issue. One thing I want to say, I, I want to say that Amy's article is really good and very complete. I do send my clients to that article when they ask me about toxioplasmosis. It's a very good article. I highly recommend it. Great. We'll put a link up to the uh, PetLifeRadio.com website on this particular show so people will have that resource. Now, getting back to the topic of I'm, I'm just fascinated because I, myself, I do not have children. All my kids have fur. So <laughs> I haven't had this experience. But, Marilyn, do cats know when a woman is pregnant? And if so, how, how, do they, how does their behavior change when a woman becomes pregnant? Uh, yes, I think they do. I really do. I think there's some hormonal changes that the cat definitely picks up on. I've had a lot of clients that have contacted me with that uh, with that issue, and they wanted me to help prepare the home and prepare the cat for the baby. 
So, and cats, they do act uh, different. Each cat will act differently. There are some that will become a little scared. Others will become a little needy, too. So there are many behaviors that a cat can uh, can manifest when they sense their, their mom human is pregnant. Now, also, another reason this could be happening is because there is a change, and a lot of cats don't do well with change. It's something that is threatening, perhaps could be viewed at first as a threat to their, um, to their situation. Yeah, it's, it's not only your, the woman who is preparing to have a baby, she's, you know, just like animals, I guess. There's nesting behavior, you're buying new furniture, you put together the nursery, maybe you're making it off limits to the cat, your schedule changes, all these different things, and suddenly the cat's no longer the center of the world, and you know, they can really put their tails in a twist. Right, but I also do, I do know they do sense hormonal changes too, but absolutely the changes going on in the house has a lot to do with it. And then too, you have the mother-in-law showing up and sometimes they don't like the cats. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, uh, we're going to take a brief break with our conversation with Marilyn Krieger and we will come back after messages from these sponsors. Okay, time to call off the dogs. Pet Peeves will be back with more biting topics right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. Fluff your feathers, roll out your tongue, shine your fins, snap on your leashes, and grab your human. It's the Louisville Pet Lovers Expo. Two full days of pet-tastic fun that no pet lover should miss. Join us for shopping, the Barks and Couture Fashion Show, Dream Pet Wedding, Ultimate Pet Makeover, Pet Communicator, Rescue Me Pet Adoption, Service Dog Demonstration, and tons of fun contests. Bring your pets and join us at the Louisville Pet Lovers Expo, Saturday, September 27th, and Sunday, September September 28th at the Kentucky Expo Center. For more information, go to LouisvillePetExpo.com. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No. To my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Want to know what cats like to eat for breakfast? Mice Krispies, of course. Learn everything there is to know about cats on Catitude with your host, Tom Dock. Each week, we'll spotlight a cool cat breed, give up-to-date advice on cat health, and check out spiffy new cat products. So curl up on the couch every week for a perfectly enjoyable time on Catitude. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. 
We know you're foaming at the mouth to get back to pet peeves. So here's Amy with some more tail-tying, fur-flying fun. We're back, and again, speaking with Marilyn Krieger, a certified cat behavior consultant and the behavior expert for the catchannel.com. That's the Cat Fancy Magazine website. She answers readers' questions there on a weekly basis, so you can go there and speak directly to Marilyn and get some of your must-know cat questions answered. Now, getting back to our subject here, Marilyn, for, for mothers to be out there they love their cat, but they know they're going to adore their baby. How can they make this transition as peaceful as possible? What should they do before the baby arrives? Mm, there's a lot of things to do. The first thing I have, I counsel my uh, clients to do is have the cat involved with the changes, like creating the nursery. Have the cat in there. Let the cat smell things. Also, I counsel people to get a recording of a newborn baby and to play that recording and you start slow and you start low to just get the cat used to the sound of a baby and you're going to slowly increase that sound of the recording so they get used to, you know, what it sounds like and um, that's one thing. Another thing I do is I have them bring in the smell if they can go to a nearby hospital and get some blankets or something that a newborn has lied on and bring that in for the cat to smell. I also tell them to make sure to put the cat on a consistent schedule and that they need to figure out, and it's difficult to do, but as close as they can, when they will be able to play with the cat, when they'll feed the cat and put the cat on a regular schedule starting way before the baby is born so that when the baby does come, it's not going to be as much of a disruption for the cat. Because as you say, and and many cat owners have experienced, any kind of change can be disruptive. And there are major, major changes when you bring, you know, a new baby into the household. So if you can if you can prepare some of that, and I think also when you know I get questions a lot. Well, the cat wants to sleep in the baby's bed. You know, I'm getting it all ready. And how do I keep how do I keep my cat away from these things? So how do you instead of making the cat a forbidden room, uh, you know, that's that old saying, cat's always on the wrong side of the door. You know, can you leave it open so that the cat can watch? Is that something that people might want to think about? Well, that's what I always uh, counsel people. It depends on the individual, on the client. Some clients are fine with having cats with the baby and others aren't. Um, I know my situation is that when I was an infant, when I was born, uh, I shared my crib with a cat. <laughs> <laughs> and and I do that explains a lot, Marilyn. <laughs> I know it does. Uh, and uh, and some of my clients are that way. Others aren't. And of course, you know, I understand their concerns too. So a lot of times, what we do is we put something over the crib so the cat cannot get into the crib. Anyway, when the child is an infant, and it certainly makes sense. There's like a netting or something they can put over to keep the cat out of the crib. Yeah, and I always like to offer the cat, I mean, if you're going to make something forbidden, then give them a legal outlet too. You know, maybe absolutely. put a, a tall cat tree in there that's, that's even better than the baby's crib or something. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for bringing that up, Amy. <laughs> that's yeah, <laughs> absolutely correct. I should have said that. You're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what give the cat something else. What about when the baby finally comes home? Now, how how do we introduce the cat to the baby? Of course, every cat's going to be different, but what's the gamut there? From scaredy cat 
saying, oh my God, it's an alien to, oh boy, a new toy for me. How, how do you handle these things and how do you safely introduce the baby? Well, the first thing we do, if it's at all possible, is to have some of the newborn's clothes or some, uh, what the child has been lying on brought home for the cat. That's the first thing. So the cat uh, meets the baby before actually meeting the baby. The other thing I want to say, it's very, very important to make sure that you have a lot of tall cat trees and vertical territory that's around so the cat can feel that he, she has a refuge from the noise and from the baby. And also, if the baby becomes a toddler, this should be the cat's place. Now, as far as introducing them, what, what I do is I have a, a number of people have to be involved. And you need one person in the house having the cat. But first of all, the cat's in the other room. The uh, mom comes in with the uh, newborn, and then somebody has the cat and is holding the cat. Now, if the cat freaks out, you just put the cat down and let the cat, you know, the cat can uh, uh, can check things out. But you definitely need to make sure the cat is supervised. Don't force the cat to come over. Don't force anything. Let the cat come over on his or her own time. Now, the other thing, too, I highly, highly recommend is that the moms play with the cat with something like a fishing pole toy while holding the baby so they can have the toy in one hand and extend it out so that the cat doesn't feel that it's being completely ignored. It's very important that the cat still is getting that attention and is on that consistent schedule. Well, and also, Marilyn, if... if Mom is holding the baby and the cat gets played with when mom holds the baby. Suddenly, having the baby there is a good thing for the cat. That's right. And what's happening is the cat is enjoying the play and the baby smell is there. So you're going to have some pleasant associations. So you want everything to be pleasant and positive with the cat. It's important that um, voices aren't raised and yelled at the cat. The cat should always feel that it is an important member of the household. Well, are there any cats that absolutely should not be around an infant or a young child? And, and if so, how do you identify them? This is the same question that I ask uh, Jennifer Shryock on the dog angle because, you know, with the dog side, you hear all of these horror stories and the first thing people are going to say is, oh, Pitbull, oh, Doberman, no, I don't want... And at the same time, these are wonderful, wonderful dogs with children. Are there any particular cats that that might be less friendly toward children, let's say, or that you might want to take extra precautions with? I think that every cat has to be assessed on an individual basis. Oh, I'm uh, so glad you said that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think there's any breed. It's not breed specific. It's an individual basis. It's like any other animal. It's an individual. So there are some some cats of every breed that may not use a cat box. Well, it's the same thing. There are some cats that just do not adjust well to children and not, not by breed. What are some signs that um, people might, might see that might indicate this kitty cat may have a hard time with the baby? Well, one of the things, I do, I do get clients with that, and sometimes the cats are inappropriately eliminating, not using the cat box urinate in. And they will bring me in, and I a lot of times I can help the problem. But sometimes cats are just so freaked out by it that they would do better in another home. Um, sometimes the cats just hide and hide and won't come out. The more serious 
cases are if there's aggression, and if there's aggression, you have to really stand up and, and take account, you know, pay attention to that. Because um, I have had a case of one cat that uh, was seriously aggressive towards the baby, and in that case, we ended up having to immediately rehome that cat. Oh, boy. Because cats, of course, are predators, and some of the sounds a baby makes or the motions that the baby, when he starts crawling, makes, these may, the the cat is not necessarily being mean or uh, vindictive, but this is an instinctive response to some of these stimuli that, you know, the cat just can't help himself at some times. Well, and also, too, to keep in mind, as some of these cats, because babies can be unpredictable in their movements and crying, and sometimes that scares a cat and they might respond to it. A baby's cry can sound like a wounded animal, and some cats can react to that in different ways. What are some common mistakes that parents make regarding cats and babies or or the young children? We talked a little about the babies crawling or the toddlers. You know, here comes the cat wanting to hug great at Ethel's Persian. She wants to hug him. She's chasing the cat. She's grabbing mm-hmm. the tail. How do you deal with this? How do you counsel people to respect the cat? Well, that's the biggest, that's a big problem. I see that more as a problem than the cats responding to the babies. And generally what I tell people is to really supervise their children and to teach the children good manners on how to approach a cat, how to pet a cat, that you don't grab and squeeze or chase a cat. So, and that that's major. It's very, very important for parents to educate their children about the proper way of being around a cat. Also, too, it's very important, as I said before, to make sure that there are tall cat trees, places that the cat can hide from, that the child is not allowed. And those should be off-limit places for the child. The child should not try to climb on the tree or anything. Uh, This is the cat's place, their private sanctum. And that's very important. But I think the most important thing here is that parents educate their children on how to behave around a cat. Um, I have one, I also am the coordinator for Bengal Cat Rescue, and I have one foster home. He is wonderful. And the foster mom fosters children as well. And so we have a thing going on where she brings in these the toddlers and she teaches them all about the cats and how to take care of the cats as they get a little older. And they learn, one of them now wants to be, become a veterinarian. <laughs> oh, so wonderful. It really is. And so, and it's really exciting. And for me, it's, it's quite... Um, rewarding, I'm sure. Yeah, rewarding. And thank you, you got it. <laughs> and it, it really is. And, and again, but it comes down to education and how parents teach their children how to behave around other animals. Marilyn, where can people find out more about you and your consulting business? Mm-hmm. Thank you, Amy www.thecatcoach.com on the internet. Great. Well, is there anything that I have not asked you that you think would just be really, really important for people expecting babies to understand and to prepare for in relation to their cats? Well, to be patient, to be patient and to give it time and also, but also to prepare beforehand and Contacting somebody like me way before the baby is due is a great idea to help prepare the cat as well as the parents. 
to the changes that are going to be coming along. Well, we are out of time, but I would like to thank Marilyn Krieger and the producers for making Pet Peeves possible. Now get hissed off and join me next week for Pet Peeves on Pet Life Radio. I double dog dare you. Email me suggestions or post a note to my blog by dialing up PetLifeRadio.com and clicking on the Pet Peeves logo. You can get transcripts that way too. Purrs and trills until next time. And if you're expecting, make sure the fur kids get along and have all the necessary preparation well in advance. Even though you've been a human kitten, remember that Sheba was your first baby. You really don't want her to get peeved. That's it. You're madder than a junkyard dog, and you're not going to take it anymore. Your feathers are ruffled, your dander is up, and you've got a definite bone to pick. Join us each week on Pet Peeves, the show that lets you dig through the dirt and unleash your passion for pets. Your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Amy Shojai, will talk about what makes you howl and what hisses you off. Pet Peeves, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.